This is the Hunt, Fish, Conserve podcast, hosted by Ethan Evans and Tyler Swenson. Today we are joined by Dylan Titus, also known as a city slicker from the suburbs of Chicago. Dylan was my roommate in college, and I was able to expose him to the wild game through my hunting and fishing. Dylan has been tr- intrigued by hunting, but due to certain logistics, we have been unable to get him on a hunt. So Dylan, what do you know about hunting so far, and what are your perceptions of hunting slash fishing? Hey, before we get into the questions, I just want to say thanks. Thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, I've uh, listened to a couple of your podcasts before and I'm really enjoying them. So keep up the good effort, keep up the good work, effort. And, uh, I think you guys can go pretty far. We we really appreciate that. Thank you. So again, uh, what do you know about hunting so far and what are your perceptions of it? Um, so, you know, I mainly just know about hunting through Ethan. Um, you know, in college, Ethan just pretty much Ethan just loves hunting, you know. Um everything you do is like hunt and fish. Yeah. Um so I'm like growing up like in Libertyville, um, people really don't hunt that much. Um, I mean there there was some kids from my school that that did hunt, but I never really got like I was never really shown what like hunting is. So I would love to go on a hunt, but I don't really know too much about hunting. Um, besides, you know, I've watched a couple of shows like uh, meat eater and, and stuff like okay. that. And so I know that it's like, there's a process to, you know, going on a hunting trip and like, it's more than just, you know, shooting an animal. It's like kind of like an experience. Yeah. It's like yeah. a full encompassing experience when like you harvest the animal or shoot the animal. And then like, you were able to take the meat and like provide for your family off that meat. After watching Meat Eater, what was your, what was your perception of it before? And what was your perception of it after? Um, my perception of it before was kind of, you know, hunting is kind of like brutal and, um, care about the animal and you're, you're just kind of looking for the fun of, of killing yeah. an animal. Yeah. You're just out there shooting, shooting something. Yeah. Yeah. I think, that's um, pre- I think it's a pretty relatable perspective for most people. But, you know, my perception afterwards, you know, I've kind of learned that it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like, and it's an experience and and it's, it's not just for, for killing an animal. It's for, you know, people use the meat, you know, for, for, for feeding, you know, your family. Um, And you know what, like nowadays it's so easy to go get meat from a store, you know, um, you know, killing an animal is kind of, you know, I don't know the word to use, but it's, you know, it's, it's, I keep, I keep using the word experience, but it's like, yeah, it's <laughs> definitely, it's, it definitely is how people used to do it. You know, that was the only way before all these grocery stores of going and getting meat and providing for your family. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, like the experience is like one thing I think that's like also, I mean, meat is a big portion of it, but like, I think like you hitting home on like the whole experience is like, I think there's just a lot of people detached from being outside the way it is. And like hunting is a good avenue where like kind of one of those things where you're able to kill two birds with one stone where you're able to like go out and harvest something, but also you're able to go out and experience something. Like I'll say it, like I've been even like places in Iowa, I would have never went to if I didn't hunt fish. And like, I think it can same be said for a lot of these places that people go hunting is like, like where we're going to go hunting for elk this year is like, I don't think I ever would have went there if it wasn't for hunting. No, probably not. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's a, that's a good thing, you know, talking about the experiences that you can gain with it. And like, um, I think, you know, it's one of those things too. It's like, you can learn a lot about yourself too, through like learning how to hunt and learning like the whole process behind it. Yeah. And I think, you know, like, I think that's another thing too, we can talk about is like, I think there's a lot of people who are like from a big city, like you are Dylan. I mean, how, how many people live where you're from? I think, uh, well, the Libertyville is around like 32,000, but yeah, you, in my high school, there's, my class size was 500. Oh, so, wow. you know, I mean, that's like the size of our school. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of different perceptions because we came from a small town. So obviously hunting is a little more popular. And like, I never really knew anybody who talked about hunting in a bad light. Where like you, Dylan, might have knew someone who talked about hunting in a bad light. You know, the kids that did hunt at my school, I will say there, there was like, you know, athletes, there, there was quite a few athletes at my school that did hunt. But I think they were exposed to hunting through their parents. So, you know, 
my, my dad's only, you know, gone fishing. Like he, he does, he doesn't hunt at all. Yeah. So, but your dad's kind of like a social fisherman too, though. Like he does it for like the whole, like being with his buddies and stuff like that. So, yeah. But that kind of goes right. like he was, he never hunted though. Like he never really had, you think he, was it like, cause he was against it or more so that like, he never anybody liked to show him. Uh, I, I honestly think, yeah, just no one's really shown him. And since, yeah. Yeah, hunting's one of those things where, where you need someone to kind of like show you the ropes and right. it's not really something you just go, you know, pick up a gun and cause you know, if, if I, if I had like, you know, got like a gun, you know, I wouldn't even know where to like the first thing to do. Like, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's a like, lot, a lot more steps to be taken before you initially go hunting for sure. Well, you know, that's one thing too. It's like nice. The generation we live in, like where we're able to listen to those podcasts like this or watch YouTube videos where someone like at your dad or like any of our parents were like at a disadvantage. Like if your dad ever had an interest in hunting, like he didn't know where to go to look for information. So like we're right. kind of at an advantage there. Yeah. Cause I mean, where you were, where you originally grew up, Dylan, I'm where, how far would you have to travel to get out of the city to go hunting? Well, so Libertyville is like a suburb of Chicago. So, um, you know, the Wisconsin border is only 15 minutes, you know, oh, north okay. of where I'm at. Um, you know, so there, there are places to hunt, but you know, it's suburb of Chicago. I, I wouldn't even know where like, places to hunt in Illinois are like, well, that kind of goes to the next thing. Like, I think Illinois has a big like privatization of kind of like same where Iowa is, where it's not as much public land as some of these other states. So I think it is kind of hard to find a place to hunt, especially if you're just looking to get into it. Right. It's a lot yeah. of just people leasing land and big money. So, and I think, you know, I don't know how much what Illinois like personal stance is on hunting, but I'm sure like from what you said about the governor, I'm sure it's not too great. I'm sure they're not doing too much to improve the hunting in the state. No. Yeah. I mean, the, the gun control and the gun laws here, are, you know, they're pretty strict, especially in the city of Chicago where I'm at right now. Yeah. Do you, do you know much about the logistics? I've heard some stuff about it, but. Like the logistics like, gun laws in Chicago. Gun laws. Um, you know, I, I haven't done too much research into it, but, um, I do know, I think it's like, you know, just to get like a permit, a gun permit, um, you know, that takes, I think that's like, you know, six months, you know, six well, months at least. So like a gun permit though, like you need a gun permit just to like fire, like to have a gun. Right. I mean, like you can't just go into a store and buy a gun. Am I correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So like in Iowa is like really different. Like we don't need a gun permit to go yeah. buy a gun. So is that essentially like your hunter education for us? No, I mean like it's just like if you don't even like just have a gun. Like I think they have to also do their hunter education, but Oh, so you gotta do your hunter education, then yeah. you gotta apply for this permit and it's It'd be like if your dad just wanted a gun tie. Okay. Like, like he just wanted to like have a gun for home protection, you'd still have to go like wait the six months and a very extensive, I think, background process and stuff. Oh, yeah. So, like, growing up, Dylan, like, did you ever have much wild game you ever ate? I'm sure you, like, you ate fish and stuff, didn't you? Yeah. Um, wild game, just off the top of my head. No, not, I mean, I, I think some venison. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Did you like the venison or not really? Or you don't really remember it? Um, it's gamey, you know, it's, yeah. it's not, it's something that you have to get used to. Um, but yeah, is it? I, I liked it. I liked it. Is it something you think you could get used to after a while? Like it, Definitely, it, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't too bad. No, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. Cause I, cause I guess a lot of people in my mind get the perspective that, you know, gamey, gamey associates with like, you know, this meat tastes bad and I don't necessarily think it tastes bad that gamey taste anyways you know and something i can get over so yeah i mean i think there's a lot of different ways to get rid of it but i think like in a lot of ways i think it's just kind of been ingrained in our brain that like we're supposed to taste something like beef or chicken or pork you know yeah i i will say that uh this is totally off off subject off topic but um i i guess the only like pretty much the only kind of like wild or you know, kind of not, not normal, um, food that I've eaten would be like, um, I ate ostrich meat 
Really? So, I mean, that that's, that's kind of like a, you know, kind of big game ish ish, not really, but where do you ostrich meet at? That, uh, that was in South Africa. Oh, really? Is it, yeah. is that from a farm or do they like they hunt ostriches? Like, I don't know how it all works down there. That, that ostrich, the ostrich that I ate was from a farm, Yeah, but what do you, um, you think about that meat? That was really good. Really what, good. Is, how, that, is uh, ostrich like a big chicken? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they had, their brains are the size of like, like a, a walnut. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like really stupid animals. So that's, that's white meat. I take it. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it tastes better. It tastes better than chicken. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you have any uh, eggs with them? Like ostrich eggs? I've heard those people say those are really good. No, never no. had a, never had an ostrich egg. But fun fact, you can you can actually like step on an ostrich egg and it won't break. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. weird. <laughs> that is really weird. I never knew about that. I mean, from like you're standing on the top of it. On the top of it, yeah. I'm sure if you like try to smash it, it would break, but just yeah. from like putting your body pressure on it. Huh. Did you do that? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you go out on the farm and test that out? Like standing on the ostrich? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like out on their farm. Um, it was kind of like an exhibit, like it was an exhibit. It was like part of like the ostrich oh. farm or okay. for like tours, you know? Yeah. yeah. Do they have like ostrich coops? Like, do they all sleep in like a big coop, like a chicken coop? <laughs> I, I, I wonder that. <laughs> is that how it works? Like, like it's like, just a chicken coop, but on a larger scale. That's what I. That's what I want to know. Um. Well, so they're not very bright animals. <laughs> so, I think a lot of times they put like a like a, a dark cloth over their head. A lot Out of, of the ostrich head. Yeah. Yeah. Really? What's the, like do you he, know what that's for? Um. Oh, well, it just dis- disorients like the ostrich. <laughs> wow. Okay. Huh. <laughs> because there was like a, another exhibit on the farm where you could like climb up on an ostrich and ride it. <laughs> really? Did you ride it? I never did. No. I, th- I thought it was, I thought it was kind of cruel. <laughs> it was kind of cruel. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is kind of cruel. <laughs> like, I don't feel like they could support that many humans weight, like maybe a kid, but. No. Yeah. Especially someone who's like, I don't know how much I weigh now, but. You know, <laughs> however much I weighed when I was a freshman in college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of cruel. So some of the, the game meat that I brought was like duck. What do you think about duck when I brought it? Oh. Like when I brought it back from college, like when I brought it back from home. and How was it? Yeah. What'd you think about it? Uh, it was, that was really good. Yeah. What'd you bring? Yeah. Them? Was it? It was mallard. I think I brought some teal. We made some, uh, made fajitas or enchiladas out of it. We oh, made some wow. poppers and stuff. So it was pretty good. Really? Yeah. You guys are quite the chefs over there yeah. at college. What about like, what kind of hunt would you like to go on? Cause there's a lot of different types of hunts, you know, as far as like tree stand hunting or waterfowl hunting, you know, there isn't really any specific hunt that like comes on the top of my head, but like, I, I want to go on a hunt that kind of, you know, that's, that's kind of exciting. And you know, that kind of, there's a lot of action to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if every hunt is going to be exciting because it's not. No, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a part of hunting though. Yeah. I Cause I guess we'd, we'd uh, like to bring you along for a waterfowl hunt sometime. You know, that'd usually, be really fun. Usually yeah. if we get a good spot, I mean, it's action all morning long. Yeah. I mean, that's just fun. Cause you get a lot of opportunities and like, it's kind of one of those things. Like it's kind of hard to fuck up. Yeah. Cause I mean, you could, you could shoot three shells at the first, flock that comes in and miss every single bird you shoot at but it's you're gonna get another chance hopefully i shouldn't say you're going to but most of the time you're gonna get another chance and you're sitting there with all your buddies just chumming it up so it's a good time yeah we'll have to get you on something like that that'd be a a cool video to make where like you know someone who's never been hunting kind of show them the ropes and what you're supposed to do yeah it's actually the first time you ever shot a gun was at my place wasn't it yeah it was at july 4th wasn't it yeah yeah what'd you what'd you think of that uh, just the blowback. I, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that <laughs> yeah. The re- recoil. Yeah. The recoil from a 12 gauge. Yeah, I remember you were talking about, uh, you like felt like you were, had some power. You were like empowered. That's what you were telling me. <laughs> like hold a gun feel, in your hand. I, like, cause you like, never feel really, a little, like, held a gun in your hand or anything before. I did feel kind of empowered. <laughs> yeah. That was a cool experience. We just did some trap shooting. Yeah. 
That was fun. Did you hit any of that day? I don't remember. I didn't. I didn't hit anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we just had a lot of clays on the ground. I don't think <laughs> many people even hit that day. I think Trevor went and picked him up. Trevor, went, yeah, <laughs> he's the best clay thrower we got. I think another fun thing. Did you ever do much backpacking, Dylan, or no? No. I, yeah, I did that in uh, the Appalachian Mountains. Oh, you did. I hiked some of. I hiked some of the Appalachian that was Trail. Kind of pussy mountains, <laughs> dude. They're they're hard. Dude. Oh my Are you gosh. Serious? I. I Yes. Yes. They're nothing like the Rockies. Dude. That <laughs> I, I didn't think like like because I, I read a book. It's called the um Bill Bryson. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah. Um I think it's called Into the Woods. Yeah, it's a that's and a book, in, yeah. in the um in the book, he, he walks like 15 miles a day. And like it, it said like he wasn't that like in shape he wasn't like in shape that that well yeah um but so like as soon as i got to the appalachian mountains like i thought it was going to be an easy <laughs> like you know if, if i could do that no problem like three miles in like that's that shit's hard like how many miles a day were you guys walking it, it was only like four or five oh, what come on yeah <laughs> actually fun fact bill bryson's from iowa do you know that no Actually, I did. I did know that. He's a pretty yeah. good author. He is a good author. But, um, no, but like Appalachians, like their highest point isn't even, I don't even know what their highest point is for sure, but it's not where, nowhere as close as the Rocky Mountains are. No, yeah. Well, like, I mean, like, I don't know. Did you much, like, feel much elevation difference? I don't know how high it gets there, like the altitude. Were you ever that high or no? Um, I didn't necessarily like feel the altitude change them. Like I wasn't getting altitude sickness or anything yeah. like, um, but I could definitely, you know, tell that I was climbing, yeah. you know, but you were like hiking with like a backpack on it. Like you were camping out of it or no. Yeah. What yeah. Do you think about that experience. Pretty cool. Do you like that? Yeah. It, you know, it's a lot of work, yeah. but do you, it's, it's fun. It's do fun. You, do you remember how many pounds you had packed on? I, I couldn't tell you. You should, uh, I don't know. But how about if you, how about we threw hunting? With that backpack, how would that sound? Sounds, Sounds hard. hard. <laughs> yeah, would you do it. It'd be I'm, I'm up for the adventure. I'm always up that's, for an adventure. If you want to talk about experience? That's an experience. Yeah, yeah I'm, all, I'm. I'm always up for something new. Yeah. Like that's my thing. Like I want. I, I always want to like experience something new. Yeah, we should hire uh, Kyle to be the videographer. That'd be that'd be pretty cool, actually. <laughs> but he would. What if we paid him like fifteen hundred dollars? No, just like paying. Just like <laughs> you could just come with. You think you think he'd do that for? I don't know. Maybe he would. I guess experience? we'd have to ask him. I guess we'd have to ask him. I can't. Talk, I can't speak yeah. for him. No, but I feel like that'd definitely be fun. I think you definitely want to talk about experiences like hiking and having to like worry about our own gear, like where we're gonna cook food, and then if, like if we ever shoot anything, we have like we gotta pack it all out. Yeah, that'd yeah. Be, that'd be that'd be nice having you there. Could help us pack it out. Pack out like two hundred pounds of meat. So okay, so if we did go on this like you know <laughs> hunt or like you know kind of yeah. trip. What, what would like, what would, what would like a typical day, like walk me through like what, what a typical hunting day would be like. Hike. <laughs> Lots of hike. No, but we'd probably get up before dark. Before, I suppose first light. Yeah. I suppose it depends on if we're camping at the truck or yeah. out in the mountains too. Yeah, what time would we have to wake up? Oh. Cause I, I like sleeping in. You gonna like sleeping <laughs> in after this. <laughs> I don't know what it depends on. I guess it depends on how long it takes to get to our glassing spot. Yeah. I don't know, maybe an hour before yeah. or leave an hour before. I'm not totally sure. I want to leave like an hour before and then we want to get to our glassing spot. So a glassing spot would be like where you're going to set up with like binoculars and a tripod. I don't know if you ever seen anybody do that, Don. You know what I'm kind of talking about? Um, with the glassing spot? You seen, have you seen that on Meat Eater before? I think so. Yeah. So basically, yeah. yeah. So like we sit there and we'd sit there until we saw something. And then if we didn't see anything, we'd probably like sit there till lunch or something, cook our lunch, and, and then move to another spot. Yeah, maybe do maybe do a little fishing in between, depending on where we're at. Have a couple beers. <laughs> <laughs> at night we can. We can do that at night. Not, not during not the hunt. Not Well, you you can, yeah. but <laughs> you, you can't. What if what if we have to fill our tag? What do you mean? What do you mean fill your? Tag? We can't. You can't hunt with uh. You can't be intoxicated when you're hunting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, see, that's something I, did, I that's something I didn't know. Yeah, that's something I didn't you know. Broke the first rule. <laughs> yeah, see, that's why I need someone experienced to go on a hunt. Just like hammered this. on hunt. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you can the DN, you can the DNR would put me away. <laughs> I mean, you definitely could drink. You could drink because you don't got to hunt. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, unless I want to shoot something. Yeah, unless you do want to shoot something. Right? Yeah, that can be half I, of your I want to shoot we'll something. Just, we'll just do a we'll do a blow test for you. <laughs> I don't sober enough. <laughs> But no, no, that definitely would be a lot of fun. I think you'd, it's one of those things like it, it sounds boring when I say it like that, but like, I think you'd be really excited, like in the moment of just like being out there, yeah. and like what you're seeing, and like being in some really wild places. Mm-hmm. Cause, uh, yeah, glassing, glassing all day, looking for elk potentially. I mean, the most fun part is say we spot an elk and then, then we're in a, rush against time to go pursue that animal and hopefully fill a tag and then we're soon as you know we're packing out meat yeah Kyle Kyle would be good though because I feel like he's on quite a bit of backpacking hasn't he oh yeah maybe, maybe we should get him you, you know yeah. I, I could see kind of Kyle being like a um a videographer for like a hunting show yeah, he actually I could, fit, I could he see that. that I could definitely see that but I feel like that would definitely fit his niche because like he'd be like hard working enough and be able to make like good content We'll get him into the industry. He'll be our videographer. Should we hire yeah. him on? With a yeah, very low do budget. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, have, you'll have to do some negotiating. We're basically a free will donation budget right now. <laughs> <laughs> so so if anyone wants to donate, right? <laughs> if anyone wants to donate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For our next hunt. What's your Venmo? Oh, what's, I need to link my Venmo with this. <laughs> uh, yeah, because hunting gets expensive, so. Yeah, it's definitely my most expensive hobby for yeah. sure. It seems like once I already got, once I already have everything, I already got something else on my list that I have yeah. to buy. Something else you want to upgrade or something. Yeah. So, I was kind of thinking about this. Um, that's always an interesting thing when you start thinking about <laughs> something. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you, you were talking about how, like, I can't drink when we go on these, like, <laughs> you know, it's haunting like you can drink it yeah yeah but so like i guess that's like that's not really an unwritten rule that's just a rule no, that's, a, that's a, but like that's an actual rule that's just yeah that's a rule but what are like some of the unwritten rules of like you know kind of hunting in general uh, another written rule would probably be no drugs <laughs> but you can smoke as much as you want Dylan. <laughs> Like if you want to, if smoke. you want to pack some ciggies in, <laughs> <laughs> but that is permitted. That is permitted. But uh, unwritten rules. It's always a tough one. It's always like something that I think that like. I guess it depends on uh, the game you're going after. Yeah, it's like one of those things too. Like I feel like Ty and I do it so much. It's like we're kind of got to do it like at a subconscious level. So it's not yeah. something we always think about. But I mean, there's some simple things like you know if. Uh, if you pull up at like a trailhead or a public spot, usually it's like a first come kind of first serve thing. Like if somebody's already there and like it's a small piece of land to hunt, like you should probably just find somewhere else or don't go out that day. Or or like say we're sitting and glassing and <clears throat> maybe we spot a bull elk off in the distance and we're really excited about it going to pursue this elk and we see a guy in orange already pursuing it. Kind of a kind of an unwritten rule and also respect to the other hunters that you, you know, he's already on the trail. And this is something I don't know. Like it's definitely like kind of off topic, but you know, there's something like you might not think about Dylan, but it's actually like a, this is actually a written rule. It's actually illegal for someone to interfere with our hunts. Like if, really? if we were, if, I didn't, I didn't know yeah, about if that. We were out hunting. Like they legally can't come out and like interfere with our hunts. And, and to define interfere. So like if I was out like, deer hunting in a public spot and people were just like coming and yelling at me or something and like messing with me i mean yeah it's a public spot but like you know it's first of all it's a public hunting and fishing spot so they need to be respectful of like the person who was there before them so stuff like that i mean like they like or like let's say like we were out you know waterfall hunting and they came out and took a bunch of like you know they messed with their decoys or something like that like that's purposely interfering with our hunts and stuff yeah which is something interesting because like I guess I never thought about, and that and that's everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. yeah, really. But I never. Um, you know any other unwritten rules you can think about off the top of your head, Ty? Uh, I guess I think a lot of things just kind of come back to like the golden rule, like just you know, just do it, do to others is what you would want be done to yourself or whatever. Yeah, I guess that's the biggest 
unwritten rule and it kind of applies to everything in the sport. I mean, and then a lot of the thing is like, you know, you just got to be careful. I mean, like when you are shooting, like you should always know like what's behind you. Like, 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 like some of the bolts we shoot, like ties through a wind mag that can go a mile or more. So like if yeah. you were shooting straight, you know, like if we were shooting at like, I was shooting at a ridge where it's a mountain and like, you know, you don't know that bullet isn't going to stop. If we, Tyler, like ethically should know, like I shouldn't shoot that bullet because somebody else could be just right over there hiking and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely a lot of stuff to be conscious about. Yeah. And I guess, I guess, uh, duck hunting too, you know, another thing about that, be aware of your surroundings, you know, who's next to you, who's, who's to your left, who's to your right. Swinging your gun back and forth. Cause I mean, you know, what we are doing is dangerous with hunting, but it's just like a lot of things just kind of come down to like taking a deep breath and like thinking about everything before you were to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause the last thing you want to do is harm anybody else. Yeah, which is just bad for the sport and bad for everybody involved. So, so is there any like kind of unwritten rules about like, you know, say that you, you, you shoot a deer and it's not, you know, it's, it hasn't died yet. Is there like, you know, any unwritten rule of like, you know, how you kill this animal or kind of finish it off? Like, they tie, what I don't do you know do? I want to talk about it, but he probably has a good experience <laughs> to talk about with that. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess the first, the first deer I shot, I pulled back my arrow and I, and I shot it and the thing jumped and I wasn't sure if I got a good shot or not. And it kind of moseyed off like 10 yards from my deer stand and laid down. This was my first experience ever shooting a deer with a bow. Yeah, a big game animal or anything. Yeah, big game animal. You know, and they always say you're supposed to wait 30 minutes or more after you shoot the deer um, for it to be able to die. Say you didn't get a good shot, it could sit there and uh, humanely die. Well, I got, I was pretty amped up about it, you know, my first deer. So I got up and as soon as I got down from the deer stand, the thing took off in a full sprint another direction. So I was like, I was like, oh shit. So I followed the blood trail and it was, I mean, it got pretty minimal by the time I like came to the end of it or what I thought. And I heard some rustling around and I found it laying down and it, it was unfortunately still alive. So. I mean, at that point, I just pulled back another arrow and took a better shot at it and made sure it was, um, had a humane death the best I could. Okay. And I think that's the thing, you know, I think a lot of people, I mean, Ty wasn't purposely trying to make it suffer. I mean, he tried to make him the best ethical shot he could and, you know, and For things sure. just happen and, you know, it's like, you know, there's a big difference between what Ty did and maybe someone else would do. And the best thing is just trying to be as ethical as you can and, you know, taking care of it and an ethical manner i mean everybody likes to see the kill where it's only you shoot and it walks 10 yards but that's not always the case and it won't always right. ever be the case okay that makes sense and i mean you see it all the time and i think you know like i've heard about people having to like slit it you know deer's throat and stuff like that and like it just it just part of it you know yeah i mean some of it unfortunately does get pretty brutal but Sometimes that's just a part of the sport and it's the way it is. And, you know, I think it's another thing. I think it's easy to talk about how brutal that is, like what Ty had to do, but also like it's pretty brutal about like what some of the times these deers have to go through, like when they get hit by a car and like Mm. they don't instantly die and they sit there for like, you know, five hours while like animals pick them apart because they're helpless, you know? Like I think what Ty had to do is still a lot better than what that other deer had to go through that got hit. And, you know, there's a lot of other things you can talk about with, like, suffering animals, like, you know, animals suffering through starvation because of winter. That's a lot worse than what Ty had to do, too. So there's a lot, a lot, I think, a lot worse outcomes in hunting. Right. Yep. So I guess just do it in an ethical way where the animal suffers the least. Yeah. Yeah, I know you got some questions for us, Dylan. So I guess if you just want to want to hit it off as, like, a new hunter, so. One of my questions is, like, I guess going back, how, how does someone, you know, someone um, like myself, like grew up in, you know, Libertyville, it's kind of, you know, a suburb of Chicago. How, how would they get kind of, um, kind of exposed to hunting if they didn't kind of looking up YouTube videos and maybe watching this podcast? Yeah. No, I mean, 
the thing is, I mean, there's a lot of good ways to get involved. And I think, you know, as the sport of hunting is like diminishing in a way that like less and less people are doing it. So the people that are in it want to definitely grow it. So I think there's a lot of good mentor programs. I know in Iowa for sure that like you can look up mentor hunts where they will actually like take you hunting. Like you need no gear, just like hunter education and the license to go. And you're already go with a mentor. So I would say like definitely just like looking for mentor hunts or, you know, like I think, you know, if you really want to look hard enough, you could maybe find someone through an extended family that would hunt. Like, I don't know how, if that's a possibility at all for you, Dylan. Like, do you know of anybody who has like a chance of hunting, like very, even very distant? Um, not, not really, really. No. Yeah. yeah. So that's something that's tough. I have a pretty small family. But I mean, even like someone like, you know, like, you know, using a friend of a friend, but someone like me, you know, is like a good resource to kind of draw on. Right. Yeah. I guess, um, there's hopefully there's always somebody to reach out to, you know, even if it's, you know, you kind of know the guy, you don't really know the guy. I, I mean, we're all always willing to help. And, you know, that's the thing too. I think, you know, a lot of these like DNR officers, I mean, their job kind of exists because of people who pay for hunting and fishing licenses. They want to get as many people involved mm-hmm. as they can. If you were to call up your local one, I mean, there's probably a good chance he'd be able to show you the ropes too and mentor you. Yeah. So I'd say like, just don't okay. always overthink it. And just like, I think the biggest thing is just not being afraid to ask somebody and look stupid. And I think someone like right. you's always been good about that, Dylan. Like you've always been asked like really good, authentic questions to me about it. And I think that's mm-hmm. just being honest and being realistic of what you can achieve with hunting from like your standpoint mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. Cause even, even Ethan and I ask for one, each other, a lot of stupid questions, but others, a lot of maybe uh questions where it should be a no brainer in their mind, but it's not. Yeah. So any question is a good question. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so like, what would you say like is kind of like the initial cost of like getting into hunting? Is, is it something like anyone can get into or, or do you, you know, kind of have to be like middle-class or, you know, well, is, is there kind of a, it's a good question. It's a good question. Yeah. Is there, is there a cost to get, like, what is the cost of getting into hunting? Well, it's like a lot of things, you know, it's like, if you want to be the, it depends a lot on like what you want to do. So like, I'm trying to think of a good analogy, but it's like, kind of like, how big do you want to go with it? Like how, how involved do you want to get with it? Is like the first question I would ask myself. And if you want to just, you know, get like, start out very small. I mean, like I've seen a lot of videos to these guys called like the hunting public. They go out on a turkey hunt. They literally buy a shotgun and a tag and ammo for like $125 to go hunting. Yeah. So I guess, uh, if someone is beginning to hunt or you're looking to go on your very first hunt, uh, a local hunt for deer, turkey, or even ducks, potentially, all you really need is the tag, which for deer is what? $35. Yeah. 35 bucks. I think we talked about that before. Yeah, 35 bucks. And I mean, even if you can get a hold of a cheap bow for, I don't know, 100, 100 bucks. I mean, just something and really practice and practice with it. A lot of people hunt without a deer stand on public and just sit by a tree most of the time. And, you know, I think, you know, I think with how commercialized everything has gotten over the years, how much social media comes into play, I think there's a lot of products that have been being pushed that like maybe aren't a necessity, but people think they are. So I would say that like you can get by on the bare minimum. And, you know, like there's people, like Tyler and I fall in this trap all the time where we think we need the best of the best or we want the best of the best. And like, really, we yeah. don't need it. Like Ty, how many ducks do you kill on very minimal gear and geese? You've killed a lot. Yeah. When I first started, I was wearing hand-me-down clothes. I didn't pay for them and they came out of an old closet and I don't know, I probably killed ducks and geese for four seasons on those clothes starting out until I started getting more into it and purchasing my own gear. Yeah. You know, when you talk about the whole uh, middle class and upper class and lower class, you know, really the biggest obstacle with it is just access, like access to good hunting land. Because I mean, we're hunting like a limited resource. And when you start talking about, you know, the upper middle class, they can afford to hunt 
on private land that the lower class might not be able to get to. So as like a whole hunting needs to like come to better come together and fishing and people who backpack or camp or hike and like just try to get better private you know public land to hunt on because really that's mm-hmm. the biggest obstacle is just access because you can really get by in minimal gear it's just about being able to hunt better ground right and you know i think a lot of people who start like getting into hunting a good segue i would say is just like getting out and doing like simple things like you know like tyler and i talked about mushroom hunting or you know you want to talk about like going fishing because i think both are pretty cheap and accessible and not so intimidating to the first person yeah because uh foraging for example i mean if you want to just get yourself out into the woods and kind of get a get your first step into outdoors and yeah if you just want to get out i mean that costs that costs nothing to go look for some mushrooms or look for ditch asparagus Cost magic some, mushrooms <laughs> no 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 magic mushrooms they're kind of a ma- magic mushroom kind of mysterious yeah. but no morels are i think they're fun to hunt for and they're definitely good to eat and you know i mean i think the initial cost to get into hunting definitely can seem very intimidating but compared i mean every hobby is going to cost you money and you know like anybody with like a stable job can afford to do it I definitely don't want that to be like a limiting factor for anybody. And I think there's a lot of good programs and good resources that are out there to limit the cost to going, getting into hunting. So I have another question. Um, this is a question for both of you guys. What okay. would be like your, your dream hunt? You know, if money is not an option, you know, you could go anywhere in the world to hunt, maybe big game. Yeah. I mean, I've told Ty and I actually just talked about this last weekend, but but I definitely probably say like if you could say like you go on one hunt, it'd probably definitely be like sheep. Yeah, probably sheep. sheep. Yeah, probably sheep. That's not that's not what I was <laughs> expecting. And that's like it seems really weird because like even one day I was watching sheep on TV, and my dad goes, "What do they hunt sheep?" And it's like yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like from an outsider, it seems really weird. And like when I first got into it, it's like I didn't really understand it either. But like when you start watching the videos and stuff, like you can kind of see why people love it. And why is that? I feel, I feel like just the terrain you're on and the chase after the animal, it's a pretty tough hunt. So sheep, Dylan, are like, have you seen like a bighorn sheep or a doll sheep, haven't you? With like the curls and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, They're very limited. And the only reason they're around today is because of conservation. Like people like hunters. I didn't know that. And uh, they're like very limited because of the fact that they can catch pneumonia through like commercialized sheep, like people who are raising sheep. So they have to limit the populations. But in Iowa, obviously, we don't have any sheep. So we have to apply as what's called a non resident for some of these tags. And there's a good chance that Ty and I could apply for the rest of our life for a sheep hunt, which probably costs us close to two to $300 to apply every year. And we'd never draw a tag. Because they're so rare to hunt. And this is in the U.S.? This is in the U.S., yeah. Okay. I mean, other than that, I would really love to go hunt uh, tar in yeah. New Zealand. New Zealand would be a fun place to hunt. New Zealand, yeah. That'd be awesome. They actually don't have, ta- they don't have tags there, Don. You can just go, you just really? go hunt. Yeah. Even for a foreigner? Yeah, for a foreigner. No, you just go hunt. It's a really wow. weird system, but yeah. Yeah, because how does that work? I mean, you can just go hunt whatever right and basically you hunt whatever with like and use whatever so so how do they like how do they monitor uh, how do they make sure people aren't you know overkilling for well, it's a pretty small country in itself and like i mean they do monitor a certain extent i don't know all the logistics but that's just what i've heard about it you know and i think there's a certain extent that like they uh they they do monitor it like they do keep track of like the populations they do counts and stuff but like i just don't think that there's enough pressure there yet because it still is pretty expensive to go hunt there so like you know your average joe isn't go, gonna go hunt yeah just because of you know what i mean the like the plane ticket and yeah. stuff for just traveling yeah, for us there. to get there i think it would take us like four or five plane trips in, like a day or two of traveling yeah and then what we'd have to rent a vehicle once yeah, we're out there rent a vehicle yeah yeah that's, that's so definitely it's... definitely a dream spot to go hunt as of right now 
Yeah. Where would be your dream place to go hunt, Dylan? Man, um, Iowa. <laughs> you know what? Like, I don't know. Like, is there any certain terrain or places you want to see that just comes with being there think, and going hunting? I think killing, like, you know, kind of more intelligent animals, like an elephant, is kind of like a turnoff to me. But I, I kind of want to, you know, I'd want to hunt like an animal that's kind of, you know, kind of hard, hard, hard to find. And it's kind of, you know, yeah. something that's. You'd like sheep. You'd you know, like sheep and goat hunting then. Yeah. Because the thing yeah. about the thing about goat hunting, Dylan, that I've always heard is they hate it when something is above them. So they just watch you come up that mountain and they just keep going higher and higher and higher. Yeah. So you'd have to be at like, you know, sometimes you're up at like 12,000 feet. Sounds cool. Yeah, it is cool. Only thing that's expensive to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if I if I never draw a tag, I just want to be on someone's hunt. Just be there for the experience. Yeah, bat backpacking in uh New Zealand, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll have to do that sometime. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely on our bucket yeah. list. Maybe next year. <laughs> <laughs> when Dylan's making big bucks. Yeah, yeah you're gonna pay for our trip. <laughs> you can sponsor yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You got to take me on a, you know, your, my first hunt though. First. Yeah. Can't, can't go right to the dream. No, hunt. you can't. No, <laughs> no. no. I take on some shitty hunts first. Some ones that make you really work for it. Yeah. I'll tell you test what. My, something that'll test my patience. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you know, those either a goose or a duck hunt would probably be a pretty good first, be a good first hunt. Cause it's a lot of work setting up all those decoys, especially if we're trudging through the marsh. Oh, fuck the marsh. <laughs> it's a lot of work going through the marsh with a pack of decoys on your back and then, then you got to set them all up and yeah sit there an hour before the sun comes up are you talking like i mean you're talking about getting up at four down <laughs> <laughs> no no sleeping in on those days yeah so go to bed at like seven or eight yeah but after we limit out you can have all the beers you want right. <laughs> not during yeah, the not hunt. during the hunt. yeah you're right i, I learned i learned that <laughs> yeah there's one good yeah. thing somebody got out of our podcast is not drinking and hunting. <laughs> Actually, I, you know, I'm sure like a lot of people didn't know that. No, I'm sure they didn't. I mean, yeah. because you know, you can drink fishing. Yeah, that is true. Can't, <laughs> that is true. Actually, I think I'm in Canada. Didn't you say you can't, you can't drink and fish up there, can you? No, you can. You can. You can? Yeah, you oh. can. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a ludicrous wow. rule. Yeah, imagine that rule. Imagine how many people people that would piss off. Somebody tell me that before. Actually, it must be just in a certain province or something. All right, so I got another question for you guys. So, what would you say to you know people that you know kind of kind of are against like hunting and you know say you know hunting is brutal. You know, it's 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 against you know animal rights. Um, Well, I'd I'd like to invite them on the show talk about it. That's what I'd first say. But I feel like, you know, it's it's one of those things where I think that this whole pitting people against, like hunters versus vegans is like not the argument to have. I think it's like the argument to have is like people versus like uh, inhumane farming operations of domestic animals. Because I think there's a lot of worse things that happen in those communities than what happened in hunting. Yeah, because you could... You could definitely, I would definitely argue that what we're doing, you know, pursuing this animal and taking its life to maybe feed us for a year is a lot more humane than what some of, some of that stuff going on in those factories. Like factory farming? Like factory farming? Like when you see a cow getting pushed around with a forklift. I mean, that's absolutely horrible and that should not be happening. And like, I just don't know of anything that's like close to a parallel between that and hunting. And, you know, another thing I'll say too, is like, I feel like, and I had this perception with hunting too, and I'm sure you did too, Ty, before you started where it's like the night you think of hunting about the 1% of people who do it. You know, you think about the people who are unethical, who are like, you know, doing things that aren't supposed to be doing, like not following the law. And that's really only 1% of hunters. And, it looks bad for the other 99% of people who do it ethically. And like, that's how I always thought about it. 
Yeah, because I feel like that one percent really defines the sport. Yeah, and I feel like the ninety nine percent is just looked past by. Because there there are, uh, quite a few people who give it a bad name, um. But what I would say is, you know, there are a lot of rules set in place for, uh, hunting in general, and pursuing pursuing an animal to take its life is, it's a lot of work, and. Um, like I said, we're out there to potentially feed ourselves and maybe our family for a year instead of buying that factory farm meat. And that's, that's kind of where I stand on it. Yeah. And you know, I think it's just one of those things where like, I didn't really know some people are against it until I started watching these bigger shows about it and like listening to podcasts about it. Yeah. I didn't either. I, I, I just always have hunted. Yeah. And I never saw that perspective of it at first. And, you know, there's a lot of, I don't know if you, you probably follow this as much, Dylan, but there's a lot of uh, states and um, big cities and people that are actually like trying to eliminate hunting. Like uh, uh, years ago or a couple of years ago, a lot of people, part of PETA got together and they started applying for Colorado tags because they thought that like, oh, we'll apply so that hunters don't get them. And they just were never filling these tags. Or like California tried to ban black bear hunting this year but they have thirty-five thousand black bears more black bears than have ever been in the state of california so like i mm. mean is hunting really that bad for them no it doesn't doesn't seem like it it seems it's good you know right you know a lot of people like were really in favor and i'm, I'm torn on this and i don't know enough about it but did you know that like wolves are actually getting reintroduced in colorado i i think i did read something and on that's that. gonna obviously hurt the big game populations and the people who voted for it the most, because it was like a by like it was on a ballot, and ninety percent of people in Boulder County, which you could probably say is the most liberal county in Colorado, were for it. But they weren't going to get the wolf. Mm. It was a county somewhere, you know, in rural Colorado, who was going to get the wolves, and they all voted against it. But what do you think those people in Boulder thought? They thought, oh man, we'll just get rid of those big game animals those hunters aren't there you know uh-huh. so i mean there's a lot of people who are like are against it and i i just feel like you know there's a lot i feel like a lot of people could put better effort towards like the ag gag laws and stuff like that in factory farming yeah because in uh in some in a different perspective you know hunters are a good way of conservation and keeping uh some of the population down for something that can for a species that can get too big potentially you know i'll say this too i mean like we're talking about sheep you know Dylan, and they have these auctions for sheep tags because they're so rare um like they're sell for two hundred thousand dollars for a sheep tag and you can say it's a rich man's sport and it is a rich man's sport but who's and you know where all that money goes back to conservation for those sheep so you could argue that the only reason that sheep are around is because they're rich guy so I mean I understand it why people don't like that it's like a two-headed sword there you know it's it's a lot of things and I I, and like don't ever let me think like that when we talk about hunting we take it lightly like I mean I still feel bad when like even like I shoot a duck you know like I honestly like feel remorse for that duck and stuff yeah and don't get me wrong when I came upon my deer and it was still alive I did feel really bad about that and you know I think you know some of that we haven't talked about before, but like, and we're not going to name names, but like there's people that Tyler and I know who hunt unethically. We've kind of had to disassociate ourselves from people like that. And that's not someone like who we associate with. For sure. And I think that's like the biggest thing I could say to people who like are around those people. Like, I'm not going to call them out or turn them in. It's just like, I just don't want to be around that person. Cause it's not something that I've ethically aligned with. Yeah. So this is kind of transitioning to, to my next question. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, you're saying, you know, what they're doing in Colorado, kind of re- releasing wolves. And you also, you talked about in like California, how, you know, they kind of want to outlaw hunting kind of a little yeah. bit. Do you, do you think hunting will be around, you know, next hundred, I don't know, 200 years or. I think it would always be around. And I think, you know, in the recent years and, there's a lot to be said for like YouTube. I think it's got a lot of people into hunting, you know, through meat eater, through hunt public, which is really good. 
And I think, you know, that will actually, it'll probably always exist. It's probably just going to keep getting harder and harder as more yeah. people live in these big cities that don't really understand what hunting is. And I think that's the biggest thing that like, you know, a show like Steven right now, like Randy Newberg, those guys are showing what hunting actually is. And it's kind of changing people in these big cities perspective on it. And I think that's the talk and the conversation that needs to keep going on and on. Yeah. Cause I thought that I, I just think there was originally too many per or right now there's too many perspectives of we're just essentially quote unquote having fun, just going out and shooting something. And that's not the case. But like you said, I do think that hunting will get, it might be more hard to go on a hunt like we are going on, but I think it will always be around in some form. And you know, the thing is too, I think there's a lot of uh, interesting talks about like, not even necessarily like the ethics on it, but more like technology that's coming around. And um, I, you probably don't know much about this Dylan, but there's range finding, you know, like range finding is right. So yeah. like there's like in like in golf, right? Yeah. Like, like yeah, there's like golf range finding, but now they have like scopes okay. that are like automatically range finding for you. So like it would tell you mm-hmm. like how to adjust your scope. So you have that perfect shot. So those are actually getting outlawed in a lot of States. Cause like, well, that's not ethical or that's not fair chase. Yeah. It's like fair chase is defined as like, and it's kind of defined in like your own perspective too. But like, you know, what is a fair way to pursue an animal without using too much like technology advancement and like, you know, the range finding scopes, there's range finding bow sight. So I think, you know, talking about like some of these technology advancements, you know, I think everybody's like, Oh, you know, so getting so advanced, it must be easier to hunt. Well, if you look at the harvest numbers, like 20 years ago versus now, really the harvest numbers haven't went up at all. As we've been getting smarter, animals have also been getting smarter. Right. Yeah. Cause don't, don't get me wrong. It, I have more experience in duck hunting than anything else, but it always seems like those ducks and geese just get smarter and smarter every year. Like they've, they've seen this and they've seen that. So you try something new. And like, no matter what gear you got, like you're always trying to get something better and trying to always outsmart them. So I don't know. It's definitely interesting. Cause I've never really thought about, cause I always think of like hunting as like a, like a today battle and never like as a tomorrow battle where like we have to think about it like in the future, but you know, I think that's because I feel like it's such like a threatened hobby today that like thinking about it that far ahead is something that I really haven't thought about. Yeah. How about like what like someone like you like like an outside perspective? Like, do you think hunting is going to be around in a hundred years? You know, going going back, I don't think we talked about this on the podcast, but earlier we were talking about um, you know how how more people are kind of you know moving to more urban areas. Um, and I think that will definitely have an effect on, on hunting. I mean, it's got to, um, but no, I, I think it'll still probably be around in a hundred years. I think you're still going to see numbers going down and stuff though, with people doing mm-hmm. it. I think, you know, like the popularity of, and nothing wrong with video games, people play them, whatever, but like, I think the popularity of stuff like video games and VR is going to get so advanced that I think you're going to see people less and less being outdoors. You can be in a different world just like that, just yeah. by pressing the yeah, on a button. Clicks of a button. So, yeah, I That's mean, a good I, point. I I hope it's going to be around, just uh, just to the fact of, you know, I want more people to get into the sport, and I want more people to be as excited as we are about it, because it is a lot of fun, and you get to see a lot of places in the world that you normally wouldn't go to, like we originally said. And you know, it's one of those things too, where like. I mean, we came from a small school and like Dylan, you even came from a big school and like, I know you don't know everybody in your class or whatever, but like, it seems like you didn't really know that many people that even hunted in your big school. Yeah. You can definitely see it. Like at the, even at the, like our generation, it's not as popular. I mean, like the only reason I, I knew some of these kids hunted is because I just look at their Instagrams and you know, that they, they're holding up, you know, fowl or, or something like that. And right. So, I mean, like, even, like, I mean, Tyler, was it, like, three kids in our grade really hunted, if that? Yeah, probably three three kids, including us, too. Wow. That, that really hunted out of, what, a, we had a class of, like, 50 yeah, or 50, something? 60. So, I mean, even talking to someone like you who lived in an urban area, where obviously it's probably down. Even in some of these rural areas, it's pretty down. It's definitely interesting to think about what 
how many people are going to be doing it then and in the future. Well, this podcast alone will try to try to keep it alive. That's what, that's what right? we're trying to yeah, do. Yeah. Hopefully get more people excited about it. Well, you know, it just takes yeah. a couple people and, you know, just taking like people like you and, you know, if I can, you know, I think that's how Tyna kind of originally thought of it. It's like, if we can change a couple people's mind on hunting and take people who like would have never even thought about hunting, I consider what we're doing here successful. Yeah. And I guess, you know, that's, that's what we want to do. And that's what we're really trying to do with the brand. I think we're trying to really make it bigger than something that both Tyler and I are. Yeah. And hopefully we can show everybody, uh, say we take you on a hunt. Hopefully we can show the before and after of, you know, kind of what you thought going into it and what you experienced and what you took out of the hunt. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. And you know, I have one more point, you know, I think a lot of people like I'd say a lot in the urban areas too, that they see kind of hunters as maybe, um, you know, kind of like Southerners kind maybe kind of yeah, lesser, lesser yeah. person. Yeah. Well, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, you know, I think that's what a lot of people's perceptions are of hunters is like maybe unintelligent. Yeah. No, I see that. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of heck and, they, they treat animals like, you know, they don't, they don't treat animals with respect. Yeah. Cause, uh, just, uh, the other night I have a buddy who lives in Dallas, Texas. And I told him, I was telling him like, Oh, me and my buddy are going on this hunt in Colorado. And he's like hunting. He's like, well, you better, you know, you better eat every part of that animal and not just kill it, take a picture and walk away. You know, that, that was kind of his first thought about it. And I was like, no, 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 it's not that way. We eat absolutely everything we can from that animal. And that's like, you know, a lot of things too. It's like, and that's just comes back to that 99% and 1% argument too, that I had before, but like, he's got that argument that the 1% of people do that and they do do that. And I'm not going to yeah. say that the people don't do that. It's a tough, simply slope to walk through. And, you know, I think definitely talking about the unintelligent thing too, is like, I see it, you know, people are like, oh, that's not a worthwhile hobby to do because of the fact that like you can just go to the grocery store. And I and I understand the argument. And if that's the perspective you have on it and you don't want to change it, that's fine. But like I don't feel like people should be interfering with like what my interest is and what other people's interest is. Or like telling me like what I should be doing. Yeah, and to me, I treat that meat or fish fillet like gold. And I put it in the freezer and bring it out for a special occasion. I mean, that's cream of the crop in my house for me. Because you putting putting in all that work to harvest that animal, it is a lot of work. So nothing goes to waste. Yeah, I mean, and I, I totally get that too, Dylan. I mean, we even see that like from a rural community that like you consider the unintelligent people hunt. Or like, you know, or it's either like really unintelligent people hunt or like the really rich wealthy people who just got gobs and gobs of money who don't know what to do with it or hunting and i think there's a big i think like that just comes back to like there's that like shows that the one percent of people who are doing it and there's really like a 99 percent of people and like like a company you work for Don, i mean you work for a full-time company like a reputable company like i don't know how open you would be about hunting i i don't think i would be yeah, yeah. and it's it's just a weird thing because it's like it's nothing it's not bad at all but people right. definitely have a bad image of it in their mind. But, mm-hmm. you know, like I could tell people I fish. There's nothing wrong with fishing. No. But like as soon as like hunting gets brought up, like that word is in some ways almost yeah. like a trigger word for people. Where it's like you honestly like I could be like the most perfect human being. Like you just like, oh, Ethan's just an awesome guy. Like he's awesome. He's got this quality, quality, this quality, this quality. And then like I'm like, oh, I also hunt. And then like all that's turned out of their door and now they have this new stereotype mm-hmm. of me. Like, oh, he yeah, hunts. He hunts. I'm going to talk to him. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. You know, which, which shouldn't, which it shouldn't be the case. I mean, you no. know, it's just a hobby, you know, it, it, and like what you've, what you've been saying on the podcast, you know, um, you know, hunting is not bad. You know, it, it's, you're actually, you know, it's part of conservation, you know, you're, you're, you're helping kind of, you know, limit the population of the animals right in like a humane way of doing so in like an ethical way that also gets the best use of the animal and like ethan said about the sheep in some forms you know it helps keep 
a certain species alive. All that money going back to the program and helping these native species stay native. You see the people who do hunt the most, like Steve Marinella, you know, and Randy, I mean, like these guys who are really famous for it. I mean, these are things that they tackle with themselves all the time, like the dilemma of hunting. And yeah, they still do it, but like those guys like also talk about the morals and ethics about it a lot. And like they tackle and wrestle around with it themselves and themselves all the time. And that's something I do too. I mean, sometimes like it's a tough decision to make when you do that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know about you, Ty, but like, I'll be honest, like if we shoot elk this year, like it's going to be a very emotional experience for me. Oh, for sure. You know, all that work and it's, it'll almost be like it's finally happening. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to know what to say or what to do at the time. You know, like you said, it's just going to be so full of emotions. Is that, you got any other interesting things to add there, Dylan? You get some really good questions. I thought you brought some really good, intriguing points for us to talk about and interesting points. Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed how, how many questions you had for us. Um, Potentially, it's a lot of questions other people are wanting to know, and and I'm sure I'm sure you know you know if you bring someone else on that doesn't hasn't hunted before, I'm sure they'll 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 bring you with a ton more questions. Yeah, I think you know, like I think it's really good for you to ask these questions to us because, like, sometimes like I don't know how much you know Ty and I just kind of assume this stuff with each other, and like getting some of this stuff out loud, talking about the ethics and morals behind it is like good to talk about out loud and most definitely. Cause I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of ties and I's conversations are centered around gear and, you know, topics of like strategy and stuff like that. And not always these tough ethics questions to ask and consider. Yeah. Cause a lot, some of those questions are hard to answer. It's are they are hard to put into words cause it's almost like, I don't know, growing up in small town, Iowa, it's almost like second nature, second nature. Yeah. Hey, so I have a, a question for you guys. What, um, so what do you guys think is like kind of the future of this podcast, but what, what would you guys like to do? Like, you know, Ooh, I don't think we've ever talked about, have we really talked about that? No, I guess we really haven't. I guess, you know, I just, I've always admired what, you know, someone like Joe Rogan has done in the way that like he brings like very authentic guests and gives them a platform to talk about something they're passionate about and like not intervene, intervene with their conversations. And I, I like to just grow it to the point where like, we're trying to get as many new people into the sport and like also talking about like, this is my first year ever Turkey hunt. And like, I wanted to share that experience with everybody else and like share the struggles that I had and kind of show like, if I can do it, you can do it. Then like, I also want to grow it into like, you know, being able to, harness some sponsorships and like help out with making some products and gear through some of these companies and like kind of give our input from like a younger perspective on all these topics. Yeah, for sure. Because we're, we are learning the same as uh, any other average hunter. Cause we're by no means any experts. We, we have a decent amount of experience so far in our lives, but, we almost want to bring everybody else on a journey with us to, you know, this is kind of where we started and hopefully show them like, this is where we're, this is where we finish, you know, cause we're learning too. And there's a lot more to be learned, uh, experience. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and I think, you know, the whole goal of this brand and the podcast is definitely going to be just an evolving, um, concept. And I hope that, it, you know, it keeps evolving into something that Tyler and I are both proud of. And I think that's something that we both want to keep working towards and to creating something that's obviously beneficial to everybody and us. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, hopefully get more new hunters into the sport. Or, or even, you know, girls. Oh, yeah, for you sure. Know, yeah. More girls yeah. on. Yeah, for sure. By no means is this guys only. Yeah. There's a lot of girls uh, like Sydney. She's one who I never thought would get into fly fishing. Yeah, and I, you know, I think when, you know, I think she's going to also be getting into hunting more and more, and she's hunted for her life and her whole life. And, you know, I actually, she did actually kind of get, I put her full time on the website as part of the crew because, like, she's going to be part of 
being kind of like a leader in woman engagement that way. Mm-hmm. I think we got some cool stuff coming with her too. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Or even, you know, bringing on someone that's totally against hunting. Oh yeah, I would like to, I'd like to know? do that too, yeah. Yeah, if you know if you know anybody, that'd be a lot of yeah. fun. Just just to get their perspective. I think it's one of those things you know talking about like people who don't hunt. I think it's always a thing. I think it's a thing that can coexist together. I think it's a thing that will always coexist is people who don't like pe- hunting and people who do, who do hunt. So, yeah, because I'm sure there was those when hunting first all started. Like, oh, can't we just eat these uh, vegetables over here? <laughs> yeah. That wasn't going through anyone's head yeah. back, in, back then. <laughs> no. They, they were just trying to survive. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, was, there was no such thing as veganism. <laughs> Nobody was getting in front of the bison. Like, no, 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 stop, stop. stop. <laughs> No. Have you ever thought about these? Have you ever thought about these bison's feeling? <laughs> if I get one of those guys on the show, then we're talking. <laughs> a Native American. That'd be kind of cool, just to talk talk about you know hunting, you know, um, through through generations and how, how that's how it's changed. There's some cool stories that have been passed down from generation to generation. So, yeah, yeah, that would be a sweet perspective. There's a lot of, there's a lot of different, you know, options you got. Yeah. We're going to start paying you. You got so many good ideas. You could help be the content creator. (laughs) Hey, I'm all for it. But, uh, well, I really appreciate you coming on the show though, Dylan. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. This has been awesome. Uh, I, I hope your podcast goes, you know, a long way and hope you guys keep growing. Thanks man. Yeah. So where, where can we find you on Instagram? Uh, Future hunting pictures <laughs> yeah hold on i actually really don't um let me look at my instagram you handle. your handle man i thought you'd be one of those All guys right. with like an instagram handle in your car <laughs> so it's uh if you want to follow me on instagram it's uh dylan d-i-l-l-o-n then my last name titus t-i-t-u-s all right, everybody give him a follow, especially all those ladies listening. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Yes, please. Send him my way. I am a single man. A big lady audience. So. All right, well, thanks again. Thanks, thanks again, Dylan. Yeah, thanks, Dylan.